0: Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. The show features interviews with entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information that can help you get past your blocks and move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. The show is available in both video and audio formats on a variety of platforms, including iTunes, iHeartRadio, in the Google Play Store, on YouTube, and of course on my website at winnieanderson.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll share the show with others, and I hope you'll decide to join my community. You can become a fan of the show on my site at winnieanderson.com slash fans. When you do, you'll get episodes delivered right to your inbox, along with information, tips, and resources to help you consistently move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. I want to help you to position and pre-sell yourself to profit from your expertise as you build a business in alignment with your faith, beliefs, and values. You know, when you become self-employed, you embark on the most intense and expensive personal development program ever. Often, we discover issues that we never realized we had or issues we thought we dealt with come roaring back to life. That can especially be true about money, and it's particularly true for women. I've wrestled with my own issues around money, including pricing my services appropriately, making good money decisions as a business owner, and understanding the financial elements of running and growing a business. I had a past guest on to discuss this. Justin Crane talked about pricing your services, and we talked a bit about mindset, but I wanted to take the topic deeper since I know how important it is, and I know that many of you struggle with the same issues. That's where the idea came to have today's guest on the show. Robin Crane is a money and business growth expert. She's on a mission to empower committed and passionate women business owners to make more money, help more people, so they can have a bigger impact on the world. Through her seminars and her FEMM mentorship program, Robin helps them attract qualified leads, close high paying paying clients, and optimize their time so they can create their ideal business and life. Listen in as Robin talks about mindset and the role it plays in profitability, the role confidence plays in achieving results, the challenge of changing your old limiting beliefs, how to borrow the beliefs of others to strengthen your own, the money patterns we develop through our lives and how they can limit us and limit our breakthrough understanding your money mask, and Robin also shares her own story of how she became a money coach and built a thriving multi-six-figure business after being more than $40,000 in debt. Now, as always, be sure to listen all the way to the end where I'll share your cocktail exercise and action step for this episode. All right, so welcome Robin. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. Excited to be here. So let's just get right into things here. <clears throat> While the number of self-employed women continues to rise and, you know, we're, we're making strides with what we charge, with the businesses that we're growing, we still earn only 55% when you compare that to self-employed men and what they earn. So we start out as employees behind the eight ball already right? I think now we're up to a whopping 70% on the dollar that men earn, but we start out earning less than men. We don't ask for raises. We don't push for higher compensation. Now we're out on our own. We're undercharging. We're under earning. We're continuing this cycle. So can you talk a little bit about the role that mindset plays in profitability and in earning what we deserve? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I think it's it
1: sucks. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> that, um it's just ridiculous and it and it shouldn't happen. And we are as much as we can say, oh, this is happening to us, like I always am a big fan of taking responsibility and it's that we're creating this. And the I mean whether that's true or or not, if you believe that or not, the reality is in the that the only way to change that and to start getting paid what we're worth is to take responsibility and see it as something in our control, and it absolutely is. So the mindset thing, here. here's the thing, is that I find, of course, mindset plays a role. I have something called the belief loan phenomenon. And I want to show you that. This is actually in my book called uh, Make More Money, Help More People. But um, I I earmarked this here. This is, if you look at this here, because you guys, most of you Wait. are... Gonna- on the video. This is like what I call a crazy eight. And it essentially is that your beliefs influence your behaviors, which influences your success, which again influences your beliefs. And if you're not looking at the screen, if you imagine an infinity sign, it goes in perpetuity. So your beliefs, it is a fact. Your beliefs influence your behaviors. Your behaviors influence your success. And your success is going to again influence your beliefs, right? So if Amen. we take an example, and this happens a lot because I do get a lot of women who say, oh, Robin, you know, I'm I don't have confidence. You know, I'm lacking confidence. How can you help me with my confidence? Why do they care about their confidence? The only reason they care is because it's somehow impacting or preventing a behavior that they want, like an action to get them the results, so if you're not feeling confident, you think, oh, I'm not confident, or maybe you think I'm not good at sales, so then because you, you think you're not good at sales, you're not feeling confident, it's going to affect that behavior, and maybe the behavior is a, a lack of behavior, maybe you don't pick up the phone to make calls, maybe you don't go to a networking event, or if you do go to a networking event, you don't say anything to try to drive people into your world to have a conversation, have a sales conversation. So then the success, it might be a lack of success, right? The result is that you don't get clients, you don't convert them, or maybe you lower your fees to try to like beg people to work with you. And then again, it perpetuates this belief like, see, I'm not good at sales or see, I'm not very good at this, or I don't know how to raise my prices or I can't raise my prices. So that is really just like how your beliefs influence your behaviors, which influences your success. So I've done a lot of personal growth. You know, I went to uh, Tony Robbins and I've done and a lot of other things. i read a lot of books. I'm really big on the law of attraction right now. I love that stuff. So I'm always trying to improve myself and try to shift those beliefs. But here's what happened. When I first went to, to a Tony Robbins event and I learned, like, you got to annihilate those, those limiting beliefs, right? You all heard that. rid of those beliefs that are holding you back from taking action so like i bought into the cool you know i drank the kool-aid i was thinking this is great i went to a tony robbins event and you know he did this crazy thing and i loved it i was jumping up and down having a great time and it was awesome and i was like i found this like i had this completely new belief that i control my destiny i can do anything and i was really excited about it but one of the things that he did I, i talk about this sometimes i think it's just funny is that he had this exercise where you take one of those limiting beliefs and my biggest one was that i'm stupid and so you take your, your your limiting belief, and you actually take this finger, you take your your index finger, and you go, one, two, three, and you stick your finger up your nose, no joke, and you say that limiting belief with, like, a Mickey Mouse voice and different voices, like, I'm so stupid, and you go in a round circle and do this crazy stuff to, like, scramble in your brain this idea that you're stupid. And the idea of it is great that you're going to get rid of this limiting belief because it's in our unconscious mind or our subconscious mind. You scrambled up so they no longer have it. And I was like walking out of there going, I'm not stupid, I'm smart. And I get, came up with all these reasons why that was BS and why I'm really smart. And I know it's BS, but for some reason it pops into my head. So then I went home and I got get on my computer and I'm like so excited to have my business, have my life, and I'm like super stoked. And one thing happens that I see like some evidence of I'm stupid again. And there I go like down the tube and I, I, I somehow believe and I don't feel like getting on my computer. I don't feel like making the calls. I don't feel like it. And one of my favorite mentors, this is a long answer to that question, but <laughs> I will get there. And one of my favorite mentors, her name is Mel Robbins, no relation to Tony Robbins. Um, yep. But she, she's actually the number one speaker, like, female speaker in the world. And she's awesome. And she's in she a lot of media. And uh, her, her newest book is called uh, The Five Second Rule. Yep. She wrote the forward in my book. Um, and she's a friend of mine. But one of the things she says is she says, you're never going to feel like it. You're not going to feel like it. Like our brain is designed to keep us safe and for us to survive. It's not designed for us to thrive and make a lot of money and be wealthy when we've never survived that. So she says, you're never going to feel like it. So I didn't feel like it. So here's what I created. It's actually, I took that idea of this, you know, crazy, which is essentially your beliefs influence your behaviors, which influences your success, which I just uh, was mentioning. But instead of having to shift that limiting belief, if you can see on this page here, Yes. I actually, I had an awesome mentor and he was incredible. And so what I did is I didn't even know I was doing this at the time, but I borrowed his beliefs. And if you're not seeing this on the screen, you can bypass having to shift that limiting belief and borrow the belief from a mentor, from a coach, from someone who you believe in, borrow the systems, right? Even if you learn it through Tony Robbins or learn it through whatever, and then you do it just long enough so that you can take the action or shift the behavior make the calls raise your price because you're right. following a system and then you get the result and then it perpetuates a new belief like wow i can do this and i actually have a mentorship program called the fem mentorship female empowered money makers on my little sticker here um and these ladies this is like the core principle that i teach that allows them to bypass the mindset challenges that hold them back from feeling confident, feeling like, you know, they're good enough and all these things. And instead right. you can bypass that because they trust that, you know, my clients have done this, I've done this. I haven't been able to shift all my limiting beliefs. Sometimes I
0: still think I'm stupid,
1: okay? Shh, don't tell anyone. But <laughs> I do. And, but because I've had great mentors and because I've followed the systems, even feeling like I'm stupid sometimes, I can still get the result. So right. as much as I'd love for you to change your belief. Once you get the result, it's a natural byproduct of that, that you start to believe, wow, like I've changed lives by raising my price. Look at these people getting better results because I raised my price. And then you see that actually, you know, you're not bad at sales or you believe you are confident or you believe you can help people even by having a higher price or whatever the belief is. Does that yeah. answer your question? Uh, that way yeah. make more money and, uh, and own up to, you know, like start making as much as then basically. Yeah.
0: No, I, I love that answer. I really do love Mel Robbins. Love that answer and because I think it's absolutely true. I do a similar exercise with my clients as well, talking about, okay, who's the most outrageous example of the thing that you are afraid to do <clears throat> and what can you borrow? from them? What would that person do? Okay, so you're going to dial it back a little bit. Maybe you're not Paris Hilton. You know, you're not a Kardashian. But what could you do to get out in front of the media, be on a podcast episode? That's not that scary. So yeah, I think that that's a great strategy. And unfortunately, confidence is the kind of thing that, you know, you don't have it until you actually take action. And then it's like a muscle. It gets built through the exercise of actually taking action. And before you know it, you've got more and more confidence to draw on. But I had a a past guest who made a comment similar to what you just talked about. He said, I got news for you. That belief is always going to stay. It's like being a recovering alcoholic. You just have to recognize it know what triggers it, and then yeah, start managing it. So I love that. I love the whole concept of borrowing belief. That's I awesome. Think your beliefs can change. And, and it's not like, I mean,
1: I don't live my life thinking I'm stupid. And there was a point right. where I did make decisions and, and feel I would let those beliefs actually hold me back. And in some, some ways, I think that's true that they don't necessarily, they may not, I, I don't want to necessarily believe that they won't go away, but they may not go away in the same, the same degree that they're just gone but I do think that it's it's a way to bypass it. Like you don't have to have, even yeah. though I'm saying your beliefs influence your behaviors, which influences your success, this is the shortcut. This is what's gonna tell you like even if your beliefs are holding you back, you don't have to let those beliefs control you and instead you take the action and this is what happened with me when I hired my coach who has now been in my world eight years. I've now worked with him. And I borrowed his beliefs. I, I followed the system and the system, and you know, this is what I do with my ladies in my program, is like they have these systems. And then what happens is once you get the result, you adopt a new belief. Yes. So I yes. might still every once in a while think I'm stupid, but it's like what, what trumps that more and more and more and more is that because of what I've done and the systems that I've followed, I'm helping more people. And that's why I have, you know, this book, Make More Money, Help More People, because I really believe, like, 110%, I believe that when you make more money, you absolutely help more people. You have more transformation to provide. They pay more. They pay more attention. You pay more attention. They get a better result. And, like, whether I'm stupid or not, or, you know, if I thought I was or wasn't, like, I rarely think that because I'm focused on everybody else instead of myself. And I keep thinking, you know what, if I fall into this crap about how I'm stupid or have I issues, and I'm sure there are a million other limiting beliefs that come up for me, but if I fall into that, I'm hurting other people. And that's what you really have to adopt, a new belief, whether you have that old one or not, about how when you step up, it's not about you. It's about everyone else that's waiting for you to be the best you so you can change the world. And that's what I'm all about. And like... It's just those, those beliefs just start to fade. They're just not as powerful because it's just, it's kind of irrelevant how yeah. you are, and it's more about them.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree, and I love that. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So that really, I think, leads into these patterns that you've identified, right? You have, you've really identified some patterns that we tend to fall into specifically around managing our money and making decisions about money. Can you talk a little bit about how you identified those patterns and then explain them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of fun. I actually brought props here. So, um, so yeah, I have these money types and I first developed these to understand your patterns around money and how it's affecting, like you said, the decisions that you make. And it's really made up of the beliefs and behaviors. So if you take, and which is obviously part of the belief loan phenomenon, and this is sometimes it's hard for people to identify the beliefs that are holding them back or it's hard for people to identify their behaviors. And so when you look at these patterns, you can look at it outside yourself. The reason I use Barbies is because I don't want you to judge yourself. I don't want (laughs) you to put yourself in the box and be like, I am this, and this is who I am, like as if it can't change. So if we use some silly dolls, then it doesn't seem so bad. And like, I'll tell you what I mean by that. So this is, uh, she's actually, her real name is Spendthrift Sally. Um, (laughs) And Spendthrift Sally, some of the beliefs that she has, She believes that in abundance, right? She believes that, um, like, everything's going to kind of work out for her. Like, she can just spend money, spending money and getting what she wants, when she wants it is important. You know, she wants things to happen now, not yesterday. She's really into instant gratification. She believes, actually, she's pretty good at sales typically because she believes, like, if you want something, you just buy it. Like, why would you wait? You know, so that actually helps people when it comes to sales. And then some of the behaviors, though, some are negative and some are positive. Like sometimes she'll just spend money without thinking, right, justifying everything as a need instead of a want. So if you if you buy something that dress, let's say it's on sale and you're thinking, oh, well, if I buy it right now, it, it doesn't really cost me much because I'm actually saving a lot of money. You know, she's actually focused on the fact that she wants it, she gets it, and she needs it, and she'll justify, especially business expenses like the fancy website. Or, you know, spending all this money on, like, getting someone to help you on social media, put posts, even though there's no, uh, maybe, evidence that they've ever converted anyone, that sort of thing. So she's always justifying her expenses. Um, So you can look at the beliefs and behaviors, and I actually have a money-type quiz that helps you identify this. Um, But this will hold you back. I mean, all of them, this is Cheap Chip, he does not like to spend money. And he basically is a hoarder. Like, he likes to save his money. He believes he's more scarcity-minded. He believes there's not enough, right? I happen to be a cheap chip. Now, what's crazy is that these can shift slightly, but typically, like, I mean, not always, but typically you kind of understand your core. I'll tell you one more, and then I can give you a break, but I have five. But um, there's cheap chip, and this guy is delusional Dan. Now, delusional Dan thinks he looks like this. Yes, it's Bieber, shh, don't tell. But he actually looks like this. Okay, <laughs> and if you're not watching the screen. Justin Bieber and this little dweeby guy. Um, but essentially, he also thinks anything is possible. He thinks big, but doesn't necessarily follow through. And then many delusional dance I meet are very, very distracted. It's like the you know squirrel syndrome, right? It's like you see something, you do it, and they have like five businesses, and they're very proud because they have five businesses, but they're not making anything like hardly anything in any of those businesses because they're totally all over the place and they're not focused and not following through so these are my top two money types okay I'll just explain this about me a little bit so you can understand but um I actually I at my core I'm a cheap chip which means like you know I I grew up kind of much more scarcity minded thinking what can go wrong more about like researching things before I pay, God forbid, like, you know, I have to part with money. So Mm -hmm. I want to save a buck. And I don't like, you know, I never really liked to spend money. And I was very scarcity minded. But then there's a part of me and the second money type is delusional Dan. And delusional Dan, like I knew anything is possible. So I went to Tony Robbins type of stuff. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I can make a million dollars. I can change the world. I can do this. So this part of me helped me be where I am today because I could step into delusional Dan, take more risks financially, invest in a coach even when I didn't have money, go into $47,812 in debt. Yes, I did that. Very proud of that. But it was very scary as a cheap chip. So I had to kind of step into delusional Dan to get there. But my cheap chip made sure that I would get an ROI. You know, if I invested, I'm going to make sure that I get my return. So the combination worked well. But if I went back into like, you know, scarcity into cheap chip, and I made a lot of mistakes, and, um, you know, was very cheap about things, or, you know, wasn't taking a lot of risk, then I got very hurt in my business, so even though now, as a business owner, I'm much more of a delusional Dan, and, and I'm, I make a lot more money now, so it's not, I don't have to be as scarcity-minded, I'm much more in abundance, but even though, like, I'm a cheap chip at heart, I live my, like, I, I basically run my business as a delusional Dan. But the key is to be successful as a delusional dan is that you must get focused and you must follow through, right? And then it's great. Cheap chip could be really good. You save money. you, You don't want to spend it. I don't spend money on stupid things. Typically, like I spend money on things. I'll spend more money on things but I want the result. And so I'll follow through to make sure I get that result. Does that
0: kind of help you out a little it, bit? It does. Yeah, it does make sense. So you have five of these patterns, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all in in this book that you're talking about, make more money, help more people.
1: I mention them a little bit in this book, but actually okay. I do that more in my first book called mind over money management. And mm-hmm. I relate it more to um to more personal finance, like how it holds you back. Cause that okay. was more about personal finance, but right. I mentioned in my book here and I do have a money type quiz. I'm happy to give away. Um, so you guys can get the, do you want me to give that now? Just,
0: or um, we yeah, choose? we'll mention it now and then we'll mention it again okay. later <laughs> as well. So I'm going
1: to give you something else at the end. I'll tease you with Okay, says. great. Um, but you can go to robincrane.com forward slash money type quiz. Okay. It's dot com forward slash money type quiz and you can find out what your money type is. And then what will happen is it'll spit out your scores and you can see what your top two highest scores are and then you'll get some like quick two minute videos on each about like here's some action steps you can take right. if you're a uh, cheap chip delusional Dan or if you're you know highest is a spendthrift Sally like you have to you know measure your return on your investment. You can't just spend money and not look at the return as a business owner because then you're just spending money trying right. to get a quick fix and not getting a result. And then I got these two more I'll just brief upon. This is over generous Olivia. So she, you can see she's wearing an oversized t-shirt and she just, because she's given everything away, right? So she's, a lot of women who aren't making money have this challenge because they're giving away their time, their fees are too low. They're just always thinking about other people, but at their expense. I'm very, like I'm all contribution, like I'm all about contribution, making a difference but I will not like lower my fee for someone because I think they don't have enough money. Cause I don't believe it's going to help them. Right. Whereas most right. overgenerous Olivia's think, Oh, you know, they kind of fall into the bleeding heart syndrome and mm-hmm. they want to help everyone, but then they're actually not helping them as much as they could. Right. And then lastly okay. is avoider out. He's blind, blind to his money, blind to the decisions. He buries his head in the sand. He often, you know, just avoids things, anything that feels painful. So if you're avoiding things, like avoiding making calls, or avoiding looking at your numbers, or avoiding, you know, making decisions about your business. It's very hard to be successful because you're not dealing the issues with the issues and the challenges. Yeah. So those are the money types. But you can find out um, what you are robinkaren.com. Yeah,
0: and and I'm going to encourage you to go and opt-in and get those videos because they're really awesome they are very quick just a few minutes and robin goes through a great explanation of who they are and what they are the thing i think that is interesting in what you discussed though is that we're not saying this is bad right that that there are uh, uh, obviously in your example positive elements from these types, the key is to leverage them, right? To not allow certain behaviors to hold you down and weigh you down, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it always starts with awareness, right? So it's like anything. It's like, oh, if you're a smoker, you have to become aware. If you're this, you have to become aware. So like awareness is real. Like understanding that how it could be holding you back. I tend to look at the negative side first and then the positive side. But what I love about these money types is that you can consciously like step into them, you know? Like I've I was Spencer Sally was like my lowest, you know, I never really liked to spend money, but now I realize my time is worth money. And so now I kind of sometimes just throw money at things like purposefully, like I just hired an assistant, you know, I have a, a email marketing a marketer on my team. Like I have like a really big team now and I sometimes throw money at it because I want to solve a problem and there's nothing wrong with that. But I got, I still got to look at the ROI because right. if I end up throwing money at something and it's not working, then I got to stop. You know, so I've, sometimes I step into, you know, over generous Olivia, where I'm like, like I said, if you focus on your issues, instead of like how you're helping people, you get stuck in your own crap. But if you focus and become over generous and think about how you're really helping them, but to serve them at the highest level is to get paid what you're worth. And to expect the best of them and set high expectations for them and set the standards high, then that's how you can use that to your advantage. Like you said, to leverage it, you know. And sometimes avoid her out. Like there are things in your business you want to keep an eye on, but you should not be paying much attention to. Like you just got to say, hey, that's not something I should be doing right now because that's not helping me. So you can use all of these money types. We all have a part of them anyway. But you can be conscious about it when you're aware of what the beliefs and behaviors are because, of course, that's going to influence the success. So um, I do find that there's a lot, like a lot of people tend to be in my program, a lot of people that get success faster have these two characteristics, like the cheap chip delusional Dan or delusional Dan cheap chip, because the two components of they're willing to take risk. Like if you want to be successful in business, you have to be willing to take risk. And as an avoider over generous Olivia, sometimes you're not and you have to be willing to risk some money that's for sure like it's amazing like most people in service based industries have ver- have invested very little in their businesses but look at like the brick and mortar places people will invest hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars buying a business or starting a business right. and then we service based you know entrepreneurs often think oh i don't have the money so i can't invest like yeah like that ever stopped me if it did I would not be where I am today because you have to take that financial risk. So right. um, it's really good to recognize these and step into them consciously and, and find how you can do it. But yeah, I mean, I definitely have a lot of over Olivia's who are very successful in my um, in my program, it's just that they had to combine and be conscious of stepping into, right. let's say the you know the the cheap chip to get their ROI or something like
0: that. Right, right. So again, back to that borrowing some elements from yeah. from others of what you don't have. So there's another thing that you talk about a bit, and this does relate, I think, to the the personal finance, but I'm sure there is a business connection as well. And it's this issue of the money mask. Can you explain that a little bit, and let's talk about how it relates to to per- business life
1: yeah 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 so money mask just stands for um it's it's not perfect but this is what i use it's how much you make ma make minus how much you spend equals how much you keep okay, okay. so just an acronym for that which is really your cash flow right so let's look at it with business yeah that's great with personal because when i was doing money coaching what i found is like the the thing that would help my clients the most because if we i didn't again know it was the belief loan phenomenon at the time But instead of trying to work with these clients and shift their mindset right away because they have these blocks or they weren't communicating well with their spouse, all these things, we'd actually start by tracking their money. And when they knew their money mask, which essentially is their cash flow, and they knew their net worth, which really tells you whether you're getting richer or poorer, which, again, if you don't know net worth, it just means like what you own minus what you owe Like your debt and whatnot and it's how much is left over. So it's again, these are really good key point indicators. These are good to understand whether in your business or your personal life because it allows you to make better choices. So what I found was when they tracked their money, they understood their choices. They felt like they had choices versus before when they didn't track it, it was like, oh, there's no money left over at the end of the month. Okay, so I just don't have money and now I'm going to debt and I don't know why and I can't change it. Right. So it's the same thing with awareness and becoming conscious of those choices. So in business, it's I mean, you gotta know the revenue is what's coming in, right? How much you make, what's going out, how much you spend, and then what's left over at the end of the month. And if you are constantly putting more money out than what you're making, you're in a negative, you know, negative cash flow or mm-hmm. what you keep is negative then it's going to, like, it's, you're not going to be successful. You're not going to be able to sustain the business. So when you know that, I'm not even saying if it's negative, you have to stop. Like, I could not be, like I said, I, as much as debt, it was never my favorite thing. I would not be where I am today if I didn't take those risks to go into debt. So I had to consciously see, like, yeah, I'm going further into debt. And I remember when I was, like, about $40,000 in debt, $40,000 in debt. And I made the decision to hire this LinkedIn marketing guy for $5,500 a month, and the next month, I was $47,000 in debt. That's when I hit my peak, $47,812. I was tracking my money, so I know those numbers. And then the debt started to go down because actually that year, I doubled my income because I had marketing, and I knew how to close clients, and then I was, you know, I had a mentor, so I had the components that I needed. So had I not, you know, known those numbers, I wouldn't have seen that the decision of even taking the risk of investing Actually started to lower my um, debt, you know, amount, and mm-hmm. also my net worth started to go up, which is like really cool to see. So mm-hmm. that's how I think it shows up. It helps you make conscious decisions, and that you really like you're not just defaulting. And, and so many people they spend money on things like, oh, I don't want to invest in the coach, you know, it's oh, it's, it's this too much money or whatever, and then they're spending money on stupid stuff that doesn't work because they think it's little money, like you know, boosting posts on Facebook when they have no idea even what their mark, who their market is and how to attract those clients. Like I'm like, don't spend money on marketing when you don't even know who you're targeting. Like stop, stop, stop the bleeding. Yeah. Um, Yeah. All those decisions, it makes it easier to be conscious and aware of.
0: Yeah. And that's a fantastic example because I've seen it. You've seen it. I'll bet people listening to this can think about people they know, or maybe they've done it. Yeah, you just, I know it can sound like a lot of money, can feel like a lot of money to invest in a mentor, but yeah, that you might as well just take a hole and proceed to dump cash in it because without knowing for sure the actions you're taking are going to be a good investment, you might as well light that stuff on fire.
1: It's true, it's true, and it's, I mean, I I'm just a big I mean because it's worked for me and there were times when right. I invested in the wrong coach and it didn't work. So right. you really have to invest in the right coach. I always say, you know, like you take the mentor test. The mentor test is that your mentor has gotten the results that you want, right? And they've overcome a lot of the things that you've ever, that you want mm-hmm. to overcome. And then they got they have gotten other people like you with similar problems who want similar results that you want they've gotten them results because many, many women have come to me and they've done other programs, invest a lot of money in other programs or with other coaches. And they were trying to save money on that. And then like those coaches or those mentors weren't even getting the results for themselves sometimes. And definitely not for other people. Like it's just, that's crazy to me. So I'm a big believer in having a mentor, but having the right mentor, um, because if you're not getting the result working results working with someone, I'm talking financial results. Like you should be getting financial results if you're working with a business coach. Right. Um, then that that's an issue. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that will help you bypass like all those challenges. But making smart decisions about your investments when it comes to your business, and that to me
0: is like number one. Right. So, how did you actually get to this particular place? Did you come from a background of money management or, you know, were you secretly an accountant or how did you manage to get to the point where you're at and build this business? Uh, That's a good question.
1: Um, No, I did not have a, a money, I mean, any background in that. I mean, before I decided to go into that. So with that being said, so I actually, I mean, growing up, my dad, sorry to say, but my dad is definitely this guy, right? He's a cheap chip, which is, Actually, I shouldn't say sorry to say because he's very financially free now at 75 or four years old because he saved money and he was really smart about decisions. But there was definitely like I kind of came from like more scarcity, like it's always about saving a buck. It's always about saving a buck and like looking at prices and very conscious about that. So it definitely served me in a lot of ways. But it also, you know, with business, it made me very scarcity minded. Um, And I actually, (laughs) my first I mean, real business, I guess, was I was a singer-songwriter, believe it or not. You might be able to see my guitar in the background. Wow. Um, but, yeah, I was a singer-songwriter, and I didn't care about money. I mean, I wasn't, you know, trying to – I mean, I just wanted to do what I loved, right. and I loved doing that. I was writing songs. It was a lot of fun. And then I just got to a place where I was really unfulfilled because I didn't feel like I was helping people. You know, I'd go in and sing a lot of cynical love songs. and I'd get the audience laughing and singing with me, like, you know. Really silly things about like my horrible relationships it was fun and hilarious but it wasn't very fulfilling like I didn't feel like I was changing lives so I decided to you know get decide like what do I want to do and I was looking at different jobs and things and, and it just kind of by chance I got invited to an interview I think because they're probably trying to get anyone and everyone um, <laughs> to become a financial advisor and I, I remember getting the call thinking like I don't want to be a financial advisor and I had all these really really um, limiting beliefs, I guess, and, and, and associations with financial advisors. Like, they're greedy. All I care about is money and like all this stuff because I just, I, I didn't care about that stuff. Um, but that was just wrong, you know. And I went to this interview anyway because it happened to be on the way to where I was moving to San Francisco and it was the same day I was moving. I'm like, okay, I'll just stop by and have this stupid interview for interview practice. And I remember this woman standing in front of the room and she was saying, and she was young. She was 27. Very interactive, very compelling, very engaging, and she was like, basically what you're doing as a financial advisor is you're helping people um, have enough money to retire, to send their kids to college, and to buy a home, and I was like, wow, there's actually something noble about this, and um, so my dad was always good about investing, and I knew about that, but I never really paid much attention to it, and I really had no knowledge around it, but I thought, you know what, if I do this, one, I have the opportunity to help people, and two, at a minimum, I can learn it for myself, because like, all right, I right. don't know anything about money and managing money and all that. So that's how I got into that. And I was doing money coaching I was a whole story around that. But basically, I just started helping people in that area. And then when I realized like, if I can help someone, if I can help them lower their expenses, that's great. And to keep more money. Like if you think of the money mask again, right. that's great. They have more money to invest. They can reach their goals more likely. But if I can help them increase their income, where they can make more money, it's like they have a lot more choices and even if they lower their expenses or even if they don't, they can have the life that they want. It's like unrecognizable to them. They can create really what they want. So that's how I started getting into more business coaching and that And because I hired my coach, I got better at sales and I understood how to help people and, and, and that's how I got into it. So no, I wasn't <laughs> born with it. <laughs> Definitely, I wasn't even born with the like desire to do that but what I, what I was born with and what I think is just like the thing that compels me every single day – is that what I really care about is transformation. Okay. When I teach my clients to raise their prices, it's always about the transformation and, and giving people a sustainable transformation. And how can you do that? Like you should get paid for it because it really changes their lives. And that, like, and, you know, fortunately or unfortunately is tied, it's an exchange of value. And that's where pe- what people value is their dollars, right? So if you yeah. can transform their lives and health and, you know, in their business, in their finances in their relationships, in the way they feel every day, whatever, if you can transform anyone's life, you will get paid highly for it if you know the business skills and tools to actually convert that exchange.
0: Right. Okay. So how did you actually start building your, your practice as a, as a solo coach and, and consultant? Did you do what everybody else does, go out and, to the rubber chicken dinners and, and speak? Or, or what else? Did you, what did you do?
1: What did I do? so what I did was well, number one I, I'm going back to the same theme is mm-hmm. that I, I had to have a mentor like I had to be able to yeah. model the behaviors, and that's you know part of my principle here, but I didn't know what to do and and like you said earlier, which I think was just phenomenal, is like if you don't know what to do, then and you know and you're you're just kind of half like you're wasting time and money and right. I mean yeah. not exactly what you said, but that's my interpretation of it is mm-hmm. like you 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 need the shortcuts and so yeah it's silly. Like no millionaires out there, no billionaires out there got there alone. Like everyone has had mentors and coaches, Oprah's, the Tony Robbins, the Richard Branson's, the uh, the Ellen DeGeneres of the world. Like everyone has had help. Like, and it's crazy to me that people think, oh, I'll just try this. Like I'm going to start my own business and do it on my own and just read a few books. Like, like just be real with yourself. Like it takes work and it's like so much easier if you have the shortcuts. So when I hired the right coach, um, I learned the skills and I had trials and tribulations, you know? I mean, I definitely, I went from financial advisor to money coach and he helped me with those skills to start, char- instead of just charging for a financial plan, I started charging to actually do like coaching with mm-hmm. them and and really outside the box for financial planners. I have a lot of financial advisors who come and work with me now um, and I teach them a lot of stuff that's very outside the box that really no one else was doing um, because I Once I learned to sell, you know, I learned, like, how to understand their real problems in a way that was going to help them and make it a more transformational impact. Then I found that the result was that I had to, you know, charge more and I had to, like, create a more behavioral and mindset shift with them and that's why I did coaching, and then what happened was, um, you know, I actually had some great years, and, you know, I hit six figures, and that was cool, and then I remember I had one year, I talk about this a lot in my bio, but I actually had a year, where I was, because I had done, got to six figures in my money coaching business, and then one, one year, I did $500, You know, and I talk about how I went from $500 a year in my coaching business to $500,000 a year or over $500,000 a year a couple years later. So that's really where things changed. You know, to get to the six figures, I had my coach and I was following his systems. And then I got distracted. That's why I said, this guy gets distracted. So I got distracted. I was chasing shiny pennies. I was creating instead of doing marketing. So that's how I lost the momentum. Um, and I had other income, but, like, I had to do Airbnb. I mean, I got really creative to try to make ends meet and got completely distracted and off the business. And then to get back, I will tell you, like, the main thing was I had to rehire my coach because I had decided, oh, I can do this on my own. That was really the dumbest thing. Um, but I also got help with, so besides having a mentor, I then invested in marketing, that's what I was telling you, like, I did the LinkedIn thing. That actually was after that year when I made $500. So I started to actually invest but even still, like, I had to understand who my target client was. Like, that was huge. That's one of the, like, core things I teach with my FEMS is that you really got to target your marketing. And so, I mean, I hired LinkedIn guys, and then I hired Facebook guys. And actually, at first, I was really throwing stuff at the wall. Like, I, I spent money before I should have on marketing because I okay. wasn't clear about my target market. Once I got clear about that, it was, like, done, over. Now I know exactly who femmes are before they become femmes in my program. Like I know exactly what their problems okay. are. I know them because they were also me, you know, they had yeah. the, the way that they were. So understanding my target marketing, actually, and once you understand that investing in marketing um, for me, that helped a lot. Um, but more importantly was like developing the program that got them the best result. And I'm very proud of my FEM mentorship that like, I, mean, I work with these clients for six months and um, most of them, many of them, repeated again because it's an implementation program, not information. So when I was able to provide that, like close that gap where most people go and they do a program and they learn the information, and they don't implement it because there's all right. these limiting beliefs holding them back or whatever. But I could provide a transformational value. I mean, I have stories where I've had clients who were making negative 300. Like a client, Lisa, she was making negative 300 a month, literally in the hole every month and now it's been just over a year but even this year alone she's up to I think 130 130 thousand dollars this year and you know so the last 11 months basically she's on track for 150 thousand this year and literally the year before um, I mean when I didn't work with her she's she was in the hole for three years and took almost a hundred thousand dollars out of her retirement account just to live you know, and so like, that's just an incredible story. And she's just came out with a new book. And it's incredible. And I mean, I have clients who were making a 100 grand. And now, you know, they've doubled their income. And so like, that's how I provided so much value that it's just it's growing. And it's not like it just happens. I invest in marketing, I'm, I'm really clear about my target marketing, I understand I know how to sell in a way that's transformational, not in a way that pushes people, but in a way that inspires people to action and gets them to work and this is what I teach. Um, and so it's really about the business skills. It's really about, you know, investing when you get to that point where you want to scale mm-hmm. because I couldn't have scaled. I mean, I invested, um, you know, $50,000 in Facebook marketing last year. Um, so it's like, it wasn't a little bit. It's because once it was working, you right. get an ROI, you can keep throwing money at it to right. help more people. So, um, But I would not say, let me reiterate this before I hand it back to you, like, please, please don't just go throwing money at marketing because right. most of the clients in my program don't spend a dollar in marketing all six months and many of them double or triple their income. It's because most people are in the business and they're entrepreneurs and they have no idea how to actually close sales in a way that's like, really compelling and that really like serves the client. They have, they don't know how to attract qualified leads. They don't know how to package their services in a way that's transformational and it's a high ticket that serves the client at the highest level. They don't know how to present in a way that's going to actually convert. And these are like big focuses in my program so they can convert prospects into, into appointments and into clients. They can raise their prices. They can attract more ideal clients. So all those things are first and foremost before you have to spend even $1 in marketing you get that working, you double, triple your income. And then you just spend like 10 bucks on marketing, 20 bucks on marketing. Like you just start putting little bits in, you see this ROI, and then it can explode. But like that's secondary. You know, some people try to throw money at the situation and that's not it. Like if you don't have those skills and tools, if you're not like converting at a high level right now, like don't put any money towards it. That's like, except for getting a mentor, like other than that, like it's just kind of throwing money out the, out the door.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that there's a foundation that you've got to build and uh, until you're really ready to do that. And it does take often working with someone to help you get clear about the crap that's bouncing around in your head because there are a million ideas in there and, and they have to be on track organized, and you have to be able to communicate them effectively. So,
1: amen. I'll just add one more thing, because the biggest distinction between the clients who come into my world and do okay, or maybe even not so great, and the clients that just kill it. I mean, I give them the same opportunity as my, you know, like to access me, the same information, the same, like, so it's all there, and some clients have a lot of success, and some clients have a little success, and So there's really one main component and that's, that's commitment. It's kind of a two part component here, but it's like you have to be so committed and like, Chapter two in my book, it's called, uh, you know, doing whatever it takes. That's where I talk about Lisa, the one who went from negative 300 a month to over 100 grand. In the book, it's like 30,000 or 40,000 because at the time when I wrote it, like she was just like a few months in and now she's just like, it's exponential. It's growing so fast, but she's, she's totally committed to doing whatever it takes to a fault, like where it's like, she's willing to just go. I hate to say it because we're women here, but balls to the wall, like really, really hardcore to make it happen. So that's like, you have to be committed. And in order, and and true, true commitment means that you are willing to step outside your comfort zone, not like, like 10%, 20%, as much as it takes to step outside your comfort zone in order to get the result. Because I have some clients who they're, they're stepping outside their comfort zone. They're doing videos, they're, you know, they're putting themselves out there, they're following my system, and they're still not getting, like, as big of a result as Lisa, and they're, like, well, why, why, and they're, they're, they're really committed, and I'm, like, look, I can't tell you, like, you, you step out your comfort zone as much as someone else, you'll get the exact same result, because it just depends, it depends on your business, it depends on the people who want what you have, it depends on a lot of things, but if you are willing to step outside your comfort zone, that means you will go this far, if it means going this far, in order to get what you want, And that's true commitment is being willing to step outside your comfort zone to get what you want. And I say, you know, uh, this is one of the quotes in my book, but I say, um, what what do I say? I say, um, everything you want that you don't already have lies outside your comfort zone. Otherwise you'd already have it. So if you still aren't getting what you want and you have the skills and tools and you're doing what, you know, you think you're doing whatever it takes, well, then you got to step outside even further and it grows. It's bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. So, um, cause I get, I get a lot of people who say they're committed and then, you know, they won't invest money or they say they're committed and, and they won't, you know, do these things. And it's just unfortunate because you, you mean, well, you want to get there, but like I can tell when someone's BSing me and they're not willing to do it. And I'm just like, don't work with me. Don't spend the money because I can't get you the result if you're not willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah. It doesn't have to be hard. Right. It doesn't even have to take longer. You know, you have to be aligned, but it does have to be a willingness to really be uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, and I think that it really takes you recognizing that, okay, right now I have fears that are holding me back, and I've got to address them before I can take this step to go outside my comfort zone. I need to be able to get to my comfort zone even first and then be able to break through. So, yeah, if you're continuously throwing money after programs, courses, even working with mentors as Robin is saying and you're not getting a result, at some point you've got to ask yourself what is it that I am doing or not doing that is not allowing me to capitalize on these great things? that should be able to produce a significant result for me. So yeah, amen. And
1: it, and it's got to be implementation because I'll tell you like I was a motivated person. I was an implementer, but why wasn't I implementing? Because right. I'd get a program, I'd buy a program, and, or I'd get the wrong mentor or something, and I didn't feel motivated, and I didn't do it. But, like, that's not who I am. Like, I am a motivated person. I'm a committed person. So there was some incongruence there. Mm-hmm. But it was because I, I didn't set myself up in a way to be, let's say, in a program that was based on implementation versus information. I think that's a really great distinction because yes, it's I do not. Too. I can give you, I give it all away in the book. Like here's the information, but people read this book and one person will probably make a hundred grand by reading this book. And most people won't because they won't do do the steps. You know, so it's just... There's got to be the implementation. You've got to set yourself up for success so you take yeah. action, regardless of even the fears, regardless of those limiting beliefs, so you take action anyway because I, I wouldn't even wait for those, like, to address the fears in some regards as much as that would be awesome. I would
0: bypass them and do the freaking work, you know? It sounds crazy. but Right. No, you know, it, 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 it can sound crazy. It can almost sound flip, but in reality, that's actually how you build confidence. You take action. Is I everything. mean, it's, it's like, how do mm-hmm. you, you know, how, how do you lose weight? Well, you take action, whatever that action may right. be, whether it's you go to the gym, you hire somebody, you have surgery, you do something, there's an action that has to, has to take place. So I think that that's really often minimized by people. Yeah, you're trying to, to overthink maybe the stuff that's going on in your head. Take right. action. Take right. action. You'll prove to yourself that you could do it. You'll prove to yourself you did it without dying and that nothing bad happened. Yeah. Take action. Everything comes back, I think to those two things, awareness, recognizing that you don't have what you really want and then taking action to go get it because eventually it's going to work. Yeah.
1: In I my think, first, in my first book, I talk about the ABCs of, uh, you know, just basically a money mastery and A's. It's just exactly what you said. You like nailed it, but it's, it's, um awareness plus action equals abundance. And abundance means that you get what you want in every area of your life, you know. So it's absolutely true. And that's a great way to simplify. And a great way to close this is just its like,
0: it is. It it, like it very, is. And very good advice. <laughs> and I could I could go on for hours with you, Robin. This is really fascinating. And I so appreciate you taking the time with us this afternoon to, to talk about this. Um Pleasure. and I know you really, you know, you seem fearless. So can you, can you tell us, is there something that still scares you a little bit?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things that still scare me. I mean, this is, people say that a lot, like, they're like, oh, well, you don't have to step outside your comfort zone because, you know, well, I, in order to get here, first of all, I did a lot. Um, I'll tell you one kind of revealing thing that scared me a lot, that <laughs> uh, it's kind of embarrassing to even admit, but I'm being vulnerable. So you can see, uh, you can be vulnerable as well, but I I really don't like watching the news because it doesn't make me feel good. And I, I feel like it's just right. negative, you know, negative stuff that that really just doesn't help me have abundance. So I've, I don't watch the news. So that means I don't know what's going on. And I'm really bad about like knowing what's going on. And, um, actually my publicist came to me and said, Robin, can you do this interview? And it was a very political interview about you know it doesn't matter what it was but essentially she asked me to do this and I was like I don't know no I I, I can't and it wasn't because I didn't believe in it it was because I was so scared I was going to look what stupid hello came back Um, and she's like, it's okay. You know, you can, you can tweak it this way and you let me, I'll send you some articles so you know what's going on and whatever. And so I said, you know, I'll do it. And I had like an hour or so to prepare. And it was actually, I had a fem event that, that day, it was like a three day event. So it was like the first day, like after the event and I was like exhausted. I was like, okay, but I can do this. I can do this. And I was like sweating. I was scared. I was freaking out. And I was like, I just have to do it mostly because it was so far outside my comfort zone. I was so scared of looking stupid that I'm like, now I have to really do it because this is what I'm teaching my clients. And so I did it. It was fine. It ended up fine. It was good enough. And you know, I, I mean, I, it's funny because I never even saw it for some reason. She didn't get the recording. And <laughs> I'm like, how did it go? Oh, well, I don't know. But the learning was just around, you know, regardless of my fears and regardless of how, how uncomfortable I felt that I did it anyway. And I mean, I have to, after this, You know, I have to make some videos um, for some of my Facebook marketing and like I'm just constantly doing that stuff. And is it, it's not as scary as it used to be because I just, I do it all the time now. So like the cool thing is, and the saving grace here is that the more you do stuff, the less scary it is. But if you are truly growing, there'll be things that scare you every single day. You know, I mean, there's just something, it might be little, but it's just, it's like, I, I'm not fearless. It's that I won't let fear get in the way of me changing the world. And that's what I'm here for. And I, I mean, I'm telling you in this book, I mean, there's story after story about these women succeeding, their lives have changed. And I think about this, this anytime I get scared, anytime I'm like fearful about doing things like that, that doing a podcast or doing media or doing whatever I think about, there's someone listening whose life is going to change because I'm willing to go past and beyond that fear to do what it takes to help them. And, you know, I think about, you know, so, Oh, Allison or Bree or Lisa or Denise or whatever. And I'll just like, I mean, this sometimes inspires me because it's not about me. It's about all the women that I'm helping. And I'm like, I'll cry if I associate to that, like, about, like, the, the changes that these women have had and how, like, grateful I am that I didn't play small and give up on myself because I was scared of looking stupid or scared that I wasn't good enough or scared, you know, didn't yeah. feel confident or whatever. So I, I keep I always tell people that if that's ever holding you back, sit there, meditate. Think about the, the people you can help that you're meant to help, that you're here on this planet to do, that they're just waiting for you to step up so that you can help them and screw your income. I don't even care about your. Yeah, I want to help you make more money. But like, it's just a byproduct of you helping more people. And if you can focus on other people, then you'll start making more money and you'll start changing the world. So yeah,
0: cheesy, but true. Cheesy, but true. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. It's been great. And of course, we're going to have links to everything that you've mentioned in the, uh, in the show notes, along with how you can get in touch with Robin and, and learn more about her programs as well. So thanks again. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Winnie. All right. I hope you found that interesting and helpful. Robin is super smart and she's fun to talk with. If you like this episode, I hope you'll share it with your connections. Please leave a great review for it on the platform where you've consumed it. And be sure to subscribe, either on that specific platform like iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, or you can subscribe to the video version on YouTube. But when you subscribe at my website at winnieanderson.com slash fans, you'll receive episodes emailed to you each week along with information, tips, and resources to help you reach your goals, come out of hiding, and profit from your expertise. I share information to help you position and pre-sell yourself as the unique, trusted advisor you are. All right, so your cocktail exercise, otherwise known as a reflection exercise. No alcohol needs to be involved, but let your conscience be your guide. Don't drink and drive, and don't overindulge. Okay, so where are you in relationship with money? Did you recognize yourself in the money patterns that Robin talked about? Could your learned patterns actually be holding you back from success? Do you know the numbers for your business? You know, your monthly expenses and the needed revenue for you to generate a profit at the level that you want to generate it at? Are you generating the revenue that you need and that you want? And are you working to create the life you dream of and you deserve? So think about all that. And for me, it helps to journal out my answers in response to those big questions. Now, your action step. I want you to take stock of several key numbers. For example, how many people do you need to talk to in order to get the number of clients that you want? This is often referred to as your close rate, and it's just, you know, it's a factor of doing business. If you do business that requires you to have conversations with clients, and most of us do, how many people do you need to talk to before someone says yes to working with you? That doesn't mean that you are strong-arming them. It means that you're educating them and elevating yourself. Inspiring and inviting, right? The four steps of selling, marketing and selling your services. So what you can do is you can increase the number of people who say yes, or you can increase the number of people, people you talk to so that you get more people to say yes statistically. So it, that really means that you need to develop a marketing and sales process that works for you. So for those of you who hate selling, I really recommend two things. First of all, it's a mindset change, right? Remember, selling is simply an exchange of energy, an exchange of value. The original definition of of the word actually sell comes from selling, S-E-L-L-A-N, and that word means to give. So you're really giving your essence to a degree along with your services And then that person gives what is the proper exchange, right, in in exchange for the energy that you give. So you're not offering or you're offering to help people, not to mistreat them, right? You're really changing people's lives. So you also want to strengthen your own message. So you're attracting more of the right people who are ready and willing to work with you. That should reduce the number of no's that you hear, and it should increase the number of yeses that you hear. Now, if you'd like help, you can reach out to Robin, and if you have a process but you just don't consistently follow it, then consider joining an action takers group. This is a small group of service professionals focused on taking daily actions to reach their goals. You can learn more about that by going to winnieanderson.com slash action Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. Remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.